Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Rinsdikpen. Always excited to be in the space with you. Listen, I got to slow this down for a second because I have been counting the days to have this man on this show. Do you hear me, people? For everyone who is listening to the BBP, if you are brand new, welcome. You're about to get in trouble. Be ready. Put your headphones on. Kids in the background, I'm trying to tell you, headphones, or you're going to have some parenting issues later. For those of you who already know, you know I love to talk love. I love to talk life. And I especially love talking life and love and work and all the things with amazing, incredible, black, potent humans. Okay. All right. Now that I got that out of my system, let me introduce you to this beautiful spirited man. He doesn't know I've been professionally stalking him. My husband is aware. So don't worry. There's no issues. He's aware. He's trusting. He's secure. But I've been professionally stalking this man because he's phenomenal. Phenomenal. George McCallman, an artist, a designer, a creator making his own lane, his own waves. He happened to illustrate this phenomenal book. I'm going to take a picture and do a short video with this because I know you guys can't see it. It is illustrated. It is thick enough to remind my 26-year-old son that I am always in charge, even though he's six foot four and could tower over me, that if I needed to hold this up, you know, black mama style, it would do some damage. That's how thick and juicy this book is. It is amazing. Illustrated Black history done differently, passionately, and so deliberately that all I could say is it is art, not for a centerpiece to talk about in a fluffy way, but real conversation that you can go in and enjoy amongst your white, black, green, and other friends. George, how are you doing today? You know, Nikita, I'm going to like take that last <laughs> five minutes and I'm just going to play it on a bullhorn everywhere I go on the tour for this book. You are amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, I meant every single word. I know, I know, but you are the best hype woman I have met <laughs> so far on this tour. Well, I would take that as an extra compliment. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. It's extra, extra, extra flavorful compliment. Thank you. How are you doing? How's the tour? What has life been for you? Uh, it is, the tour has been amazing. It has been a wild ride. I could not have anticipated all of the things, all the variables that I have met up with Mm. since I have been on this tour, but I've also been planning for it because I've been working on this book for so long. Mm -hmm. And because I wrote, illustrated and designed the book, I have so many different avenues or vantage points to talk about it's not just one thing it's a very complete experience for me so Mm -hmm. i am only i'm that weirdo who is really enjoying talking to strangers about their impressions of this book because it's now out in the world yeah and people are giving me their quite emotional feedback and responses to 
um, to getting and receiving and um, interacting with this book. It's an incredible read. Like I'm, I'm going to read a, a five. I'm a nerd, so they're like hashtag that. And I'm also weird. I embrace it, so I'm with Me you. Me too. Both. Right? Me <laughs> too. I can tell you're a nerd because you, you went I'm a in. Big, I, I'm a big old <laughs> black nerd. I'm yes. a gigantic nerd, proudly yes. to the world. I know that's right. Nerd hashtag mm-hmm. nerd life all day. That nerd life. <laughs> I have a friend who calls us blurds. <laughs> Ooh. Black nerds. Mark Bernardin is a dear friend of 25 years. I'm borrowing he that. Has, he's a writer in um, in Los Angeles, and he has a collection of his friends. He calls them blurds. Mm. I love it. I'm borrowing that. I'm going to just say mm-hmm. blurred, blurred, you know, <laughs> brilliant, beautiful, black yes. nerd. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love you. have it branded already. <laughs> All day. All okay. Because you know I'll be special all day. Mm-hmm. So when I took my biggest takeaway from there, and there were so so many, it's very hard to make this a sound bite. Mm-hmm. But if I had to put it into a sound bite, I would say my pull, my receiving, the allowing that this book did for me when I went through it and through it and through it, is I have full permission to reimagine. At yes. every stage of my being yes. and reimagining our lives as humans, but especially as black humans, mm-hmm. is sometimes a challenge when we yes. feel like the only time we get to play that way is when we're 10 minutes comfortable at home mm-hmm. and not really reimagine out loud in the world because of all the systemic issues and all that, which you've addressed and touched and and push on. So I cannot yes. highlight this book enough as a mandatory addition yes. to every home, not just yes. black and brown homes. Yes. Yes. Oh, honey, I felt chills on that one. Uh, yeah. Where did you decide to sit with yourself? Like, if you remember the place where you in your art studio, where you driving, where you biking, hiking, like, what were you doing when you said, I need to do this and I need to do it differently? You know, that fantastic questions already. I'm just, wait, wait, we're going, we're going to dig in. Dig in. <laughs> so the truth is there were many, there were stops along the way yeah. to that, to that kind of uh, fully embracing mm-hmm. that I was going to do this my own way, that I was going to do this differently. Um, the very first time was a reflection from someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the origin story of this book is that I was working on a self-imposed daily painting of a Black history pioneer uh, six years ago, wow. almost, seven, almost seven years ago. And it was just me just doing an exercise. I, I was just, it was just basically out of my curiosity to see if I could represent these pioneers just under my own steam. Yeah. And it, and it's part of the question you're asking. It mm-hmm. was a kind of reimagining, you know, yeah. I, I think we're just used to seeing this kind of black and white archiving of black life. Yeah. And so I did a black and white series and even that was subconscious, you know, that I did it black and white. I, I wasn't ready for color yet. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it felt too overwhelming yeah. for me. And I'll, I, and I'll also admit that I was a new artist at the time. I, I went to school for fine art and I am a trained artist, mm-hmm. 
but I, you know, immigrant family, I came out of college and I was like, I need to get a job. And these streets are not trying to have black artists be, you know, and this was in the mid nineties. So this is a whole, a whole different era. This is not the internet era. This is not the Instagram. There were no models. There were just very few uh, well-known and successful mm-hmm. black artists who were yeah. just fine artists or, com- or commercial. And so for me, that wasn't even, that wasn't even a thing. I didn't, mm-hmm. I did not think that was possible. And 20 years later, I'm starting to kind of test and tease what my offering is to like where I am as an artist. And a friend called me, Rose Wenjugu. Mm-hmm. And she said, you, ha- you are making a book and you are making a book. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't, it was a declaration. Yes. It wasn't, she wasn't inviting in my skepticism or my insecurity. She was mm-hmm. just like, you're making this. Yes. This is not a debate. This is not a debate because, mm-hmm. cause it's clear that you have created something yeah. that needs to be archived. And so it took me months after that initial conversation because it was just rattling around in my brain. And then I stepped towards it a couple of times. But the truth is, I knew I was doing this book. Right as the Legacy Museum opened up, a friend of mine and I took a road trip. Mm. And it was my first time spending time in the Deep South. Ooh. And we started in Georgia and we moved through Mississippi and we ended up in Alabama. Mm. And then we went to those two seminal museum experiences, the lynching memorial yeah. and the business of slavery museum. That's not the name of it, but that's what I call it. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking out if you, if, and I am imploring people to go to that museum. I think that museum is mandatory visiting for every Mm. American. All right. It's on my list now. I heard about it. Never been. Mm -hmm. And it is important for black people to go because we think, we think we know. Mm -hmm. And unless you're a historian or revolutionary and have studied, you don't know. Right. And you, and I went and I saw basically just through information and facts that slavery established America as a superpower. And it, it basically, it, it brought the line from that time to this time. Yeah. And it just threatened. And the whole thing was just plainly stated in front of everyone. And the best part of that museum in, in it, and it's devastating to just walk through and see yeah. all of it. And there's so many emotional moments where you start just making sense Mm. of the continuity of this, where there is a a lounge that is designed at the end of the museum and it's a large space Mm -hmm. and it's basically for people to collect themselves. And there are people black, white, green sobbing because it's the first time or the most recent time that they understand how all consuming Racism has been to American life and that it has haunted black people and it has haunted white people just as much. Yeah. And you just see, you see it plainly stated. And I remember walking out of that museum, just walking out and the, the, the business of slavery museum is, um, 
is built on a, an auction house of what used to be an auction square. Interesting. That part I definitely did not know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and you can take no, so it's, you can't find it on the internet because they have, you can't take photos, mm-hmm. which is one of the smartest things they could have done because it is, it is too big and it is too important for people to be Instagramming this. Yes. This. This has to be experienced. It has I, to be received that. And mm-hmm. you have to experience it as a human being, not yeah. as a voyeur. Yeah. And I walked out of that. I walked outside with my friend Scott and Leonard. And in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm doing this book. Mm. And it was just, it coded my yeah. entire body. Yeah. And I have never looked back from, from that moment. I was having a hot flash because I'm over 40 and things um, before we started this. And now I'm literally, I have chills all over my body. I can't tell the story of the making of this book without referencing that that was the thing that bled any insecurity mm-hmm. from me. And I was basically insecure for the first year of thinking about this, like how, what am I going to do this? Am I the right person to do this? Mm-hmm. I wasn't born in this country, but I am an American citizen. So mm-hmm. I am a black American but I'm not a black American. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just kind of like all those things together, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I was being respectful yeah. of someone else's. I was like, should someone who was born here be the person to do this book? And then I started realizing, Oh, that's small thinking because yeah. there should be tons of versions of this book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and why am I tokenizing this experience? Like this, this subject deserves scrutiny from everybody there should be dozens of illustrated black history guides there should be tons of this um and so once i realized that i was actually reducing myself and my community by second guessing if i was the right person to do this that that's its own form of internal tokenism yeah and i was like oh no 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 I'm, I'm definitely doing it. I am definitely the right person to be doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm also overqualified to be doing this. Because <laughs> right, I, that part. <laughs> I, I have spent, mm-hmm. you know, two, two plus decades in publishing. And so I know this like the back of my hand. Mm. And so once I inhabited all of that, I, we were just off to the races. There's so much power in what you said. And I'm very visual. So the gift that I received was the benefits of being an innovator of change with the duality that you have as not only a immigrant human, but also a born and raised here, black American human, because you weren't the born part, Mm -hmm. Um, but you, your experience was imprinted on you from all of the things, I'll just call them trials, tribulations, and preferably, hopefully some triumphs as well. Some loves, some beautiful, maybe brutal lessons that Mm helped to shape you and carve you into the potent human that I believe you to be. Yes. It is a challenge to receive that in the story that you shared, because it's, I felt that experience as if being an empath, as if I walked the hallways of that with you. And one of the things that I thought as you were talking is it had to be someone with not only an artistic background, 
but who had serious empathy and compassion to even design the museum to include that lounge, knowing this this can't just be a walk around with wine in your hand or, you know, like you said, take some some photos and kissy faces and all that. This has to be almost a relived through experience. So people have a guttural reaction and we need a safe place to hold them when they have that through this process that hopefully doesn't sit on that lounge, but walks with them away. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I watched black people sobbing because they already knew it. Yeah. And I watched white people sobbing because they were learning it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, this is why I'm doing this because mm-hmm. the black people who know need to be honored. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's so many pioneers that sacrifice for the things that we take for granted. Yeah. And I wanted to make sure that. I was honoring them in a way that it, we weren't reducing them to, and I think it is reducing mm-hmm. people to place mm-hmm. them on pedestals, mm-hmm. that they become deities and right. they're no longer human beings. Right. And that's why the portraits are all rendered in individual styles, because I was deliberately individualizing everyone, reminding people visually that these are human beings that we are talking about. Yeah. And these are black members of our diaspora who changed culture and changed their industries and contributed to society and challenged society and that are controversial. There's some people in the book that people will not like. True that. Mm-hmm. That are in, in the book that are representative mm-hmm. of an aspect of black culture that we are con- we are currently grappling with and they're part of the story also, whether you like it or not. Right. And so I was honoring the fact that, that we are a complex people, but we're also individual people too. Right. And that we can walk and chew gum at the same time as we talk about that, that we're, we are sophisticated enough as a people to honor the complexity of our culture And that just because we don't like something doesn't mean I I totally reject this idea that we just don't have to talk about things because we don't like them. And, and we, we have to make sense of who we are as human beings. This is what separates us from all other life forms is that we have brains that allow us to be in conversation with each other and solve problems and address wrongs and, balance out our psyches and our souls and our bodies. Yeah. And we, we get to do all of that on a daily basis, you know, for the time that we are on earth and all of that hopefully is represented in this book. Oh, you, you did that on every level. One of the things that stood out for me and it complements what you're saying as you were speaking was the way that you, I'll just say colored in some of the art that you created as you illustrated the powerful differences, the complexity, the layers of each individual human that you highlighted for this mm-hmm. particular, for this particular guide. Cause I feel like there's many, many more to come, mm-hmm. but for this guide, mm-hmm. there was a, 
a mustering of strength that I believe you had to go through yourself, or should I say grow through in order to show the messiness of what makes us great in our doubts, in our humanity, in Mm -hmm. our strength of vulnerability. Like you were able to visually, as well as in your words, but to pull it together and give a releasing, a shaking of the shame that we often feel because I, and I've spoken on stages about this many a time. I know how dope and amazing I am. I make no apologies for that. This brain, this body, the trauma, the drama, it has been through so, 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 so much in all of my few short years. And I'm masterful enough to know there's so much I don't know. There's so many places I have to go. There's so many more mistakes that I will continue to make Mm -hmm. from the intention of being kind and loving and pure as I can be, knowing Mm -hmm. that I will still be messy and I will still make mistakes. And what I felt, what I grabbed from that was a coverage to continue to embrace it because you know we get in our head especially when we go from you know boss self you you know you're on video you're on tour you're doing interviews and then you got to go back home to grandma's kitchen yes or wherever like yes. baby you don't come in here with that speak right <laughs> like, yes. you know yes. bring bring it to a level where yes. we can just commune with each other and not yes have all the other pretenses that unfortunately are necessary in order to make your way through the halls of this world, especially Mm -hmm. in the United States. And I Mm -hmm. felt that in your visual art, just as much as I did in the way that you wrote out the guide. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's what you just stated is how I think of my own life. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was raised in a family that believed in autonomy and agency. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm from the Caribbean and we, you know, just plainly stated, we own our own land. Mm -hmm. We do what we want to do. We are fully rendered human beings. And I moved to this country when I was eight and I saw immediately that it was not what I knew and it wasn't, what I knew for most of the people around me um, who were black. And so that was a dichotomy that I had to sort through as a child and a teenager and a, and as an adult. Yeah. And it's something that I grapple with on a daily basis. It's something I bring to everything that I do. You know, I'm a graphic designer by trade. Mm -hmm. And so, and I've I've made a shift in the last few years to be in service to my community Mm -hmm. where it's not just work for me. It is purpose. Yeah. And everyone comes to these things on their own. And Mm -hmm. so, and for me, it was the right time. Yeah. I I had a, a really complete sense of what I'm on earth to do. Um, and I'm old enough to put that into action. You know, the second yeah. I made that decision, everything started changing. Yeah. Um, and this book came out of that. I was already on that path before before I started working on this project and this book. And so everything that I had been working towards fed into this project. Yeah. And this it, this is my life's work, mm-hmm. but it is one of the things that I am working on. That, you know, in a few years, there will be a collection 
of all of these all of these offerings Mm -hmm. and and people will see that this is one of like i'm i'm already working on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing yeah and i'm working on all of these things together because i don't want to tokenize this experience i don't want to tokenize this book yeah this is this is not the only book i'm going to be doing yeah and and everything that i do and that i do is feeding off of the lessons that I've learned mm. from the last thing I did. And I'm often working on several things at the same time. So it's not precious in that way. People are asking me what's next already. And I'm just like, that is not the right question. <laughs> right. That part. <laughs> that is not the right question at all. You... And, and, and I'm not going to answer that question because it totally reduces yeah. what I do and what I've been doing. You are experiencing what most uh, childbearing age women who have had a kid or are pregnant experience. They are not even at term. And people are like, well, how many more do you want? What, what else are you doing? How, how big do you want your family? Like, can you back up? Let yeah. me be present with this accomplishment. Let me be excited about this, because I know it'll fuel in that metaphor, my parenting, my ability to connect, my ability to get through the ancestral trauma that is now being brought up because of the triggers of me producing a multi-generational imprint from my womb. And I hear you in a very relatable way saying the same about the imprint that you're creating through the legacy of the art that you allow people to have privy to because I am positive being married to an artist that there are a lot of things that you create that the world will never see until the day you die and someone comes and checks out your estate. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, I'm, I'm working on more things than any one person has any idea. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. and I feel good that everyone does not have to know yes. <laughs> everything that I'm working on. I was having dinner with a friend last night and she was like, so what's next? And I was like, I'm not even answering that question. That is just yeah. a silly, mm-hmm. silly question to ask someone yeah. that someone I, that, you know, as well as me, that, you yeah. know, I'm always working. I, yeah. I, I am working on, on multiple strains of the same consideration. Yeah. And so we're not, we're not going to reduce it. We're going to keep it layered and interesting and ongoing and bountiful. I I have a a related question that isn't about your art, but is very much of, of what space do you have for your love, your physical, tangible, romantic love aside from what you pour into your art, because you're pouring. And as a creative, understanding how the brain and the body and all of it works, there's a turn on that comes from being in the zone. Do you have another outlet for that turn on? I have, I'm very fortunate to say Mm -hmm. that I have lots of outlets. You know, I am 51. And so that means that- Shut your face. uh, Yes. Yes. I need some Caribbean water. (laughs) I need some of that. What? And I am old enough to take really excellent care of myself. Yes. And, and I have really good boundaries in place. I know how to say no. Yeah. I I do not have the disease to please. Mm -hmm. Um, as Oprah famously stated, I used to, 
I used to, I used to do a lot of things I don't do anymore. And so I get my rest. I am moisturized. Um, I make time for myself, even though my time is always pressed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the difference between going to a dinner party and being at home with myself and reading a good book, I will be at home and read the book (laughs) instead of going to the dinner party. I, I, I'm not, I'm not aggrieved in that way. Yeah. And so I have found a balance with myself mm-hmm. about what I need to maintain the continuity, the stamina, the endurance, but the excitement and the curiosity of what I do is the most important part of my life. Yes. And I, I make no apologies to anyone oh, about right. that. And, and, and I'm surrounded by a really amazing network mm-hmm. that has only encouraged me. Okay. Any person that is giving me a hard time about not having the time because I'm putting this book together is not my friend. Come on. Listen, when I tell you that you are literally giving it a full on example of what I believe is the formula for creating work life and love balance, which I say is T over B, admitting your truth over the boundaries you create so you can oh, achieve that truth as beautiful. your reality. Beautiful, and you beautiful, are beautiful. literally giving an, a detailed example of what that looks like. I got boundaries, babe. I'm in the zone. No apologies. I will catch you on the rebound. I'm not coming to your fifth divorce party. Yes. I will see you later. I love you. We'll have lunch when I have a pause, when I have yes. a break. Yes. I love this so much. And, so many and, levels. and I am surrounded by the maturity of people who all have different lives. You know, everyone... <laughs> they're either raising their kids or they're going through a divorce or they're, mm-hmm. they're taking on a new, like everyone has their mm-hmm. flow. Yeah. And we can all be kind to each other's evolution and know that we don't know what is going on in everyone's life as even as well. And my friends are, we're really intimate with each other. We are mm-hmm. in deeply in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. But we also give each other a lot of room to go through our evolutions and we don't have to know everything that's going on at all times to be kind to someone's evolution. Yes. And so what I've learned in the making of this book, like I, I lost a few friends mm-hmm. making, making this book and I was totally at peace with it. Yeah. <laughs> it was complete. I was like, thank you. Thank you for showing me who you are and you've seen who I am, which yes. is committed to my friendships and myself. Yes. And, and finding the balance between that. And, and if that's difficult for you, then I, um, I wish you well. Mm. So guys, George doesn't know yet, but he's absolutely 1000% going to be on our new show called intentionally selfish. I literally oh, teach people to do exactly what you're saying is an amazing title. <laughs> and I want you to make a book. With that title. That is a brilliant title. I will. So I did write selfish. You can't see it behind me, I think, because um, I'm in the way. But this is not that. Uh, This is just my survivor memoir of my life and why I Mm -hmm. choose to be intentionally selfish. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is time for a more guided version of this book. And that's going to fly off the shelves. I'll tell you that. From your mouth. To God's ears. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I receive that as not a debate, as a declaration. 
That is a declaration. <laughs> you're, you're doing that book. I'm doing that book. I received that. And off on, in the green room, I will tell you just how much of a confirmation that is. But yes. this is about you. I need to make this about you. That, so that, you that, really yeah. answer my one kind of real scripted question of how do you give yourself permission to pause? As you were talking, you were very deliberate in, in sharing and being so honest and transparent. So thank you. So I have to ask you, how can people connect with you? Where can they get your book? What should they do next? Oh, that is a, that's a good question. Um, I have a mandate that I have been telling everyone great and small, black and white, yellow and chartreuse that this book is about American history. First Mm -hmm. of all, that I want this book to be in every home in America mirroring what you said earlier, Mm -hmm. that it should be mandated. Yes. And that anyone buying the book, buying one copy of the book, I would challenge you to say, don't you think you should be sharing this information with others? And so the book is in its second printing already because the pattern of purchase is that people are buying multiple copies and not just as, I mean, Mm. if you want to relegate it to the holidays, fine. I have no but to me, this is, this is not about Black History Month. This is not right. about the holidays. The book came out at the end of September for that reason. I did not want the book to come out mm-hmm. for Black History Month. Yeah. Because I didn't want it getting lost in the shuffle of the one time that a lot of people think that this information is important. Yeah. I want it to be everywhere. And I want it, and the book is available everywhere. You can get it at any bookshop in America. There are plenty of copies. HarperCollins, my publisher, recognizes and recognized that this book is one of the more important books that they've put out in a while. Mm. And they have put their resources behind it. And, mm. and that's how it should be. And so I want people to know that you, it's just a Google search away, Illustrated Black History. Yes. You can buy multiple copies and send them out. And so I want this book to be everywhere. Not, not for my ego. I don't, I'm, I'm fine. I do plenty of other things. This book is not like my reason for existing, but it is the most important thing. It's one of the most important things I've done. Mm, I receive that. And I will make sure that we have multiple links for all the, the premier places, including the local bookstores listed yes. at the bottom of wherever you guys are hearing this from Spotify, Apple, iHeart. A-L-E-X-A. If I talk too loud, she'll turn on. So I'm going to just spell it out. All the places that this podcast exists, I will make sure that that is there because it is important. Uh, It is, I would go as far as saying mandatory that every household have it. And I know some really influential, powerful people that also will be gifted this book as a part of working with me as a power couple and in my private advisory. Thank you. Wonderful. No, thank you. I'm so, I'm so grateful. Um, the response to this book has, has been overwhelming for me. It, it, it has really taken me by surprise how emotional the experiences have been for the people who have, um, who have gotten it. I've, I've poured my entire self into this and I'm just really grateful that mm-hmm. it is being received with the same love that it was made with. It is. I felt the infinite ripples of love all through every single page. 
Thank you. Thank oh. you. Thank you so much. Ooh, I don't even want to let you, you go, but I know you have to, you got to get back to being beautiful artists and, and all the ways that you influence and leave your imprint in the world. Thank you again Thank so you. much, Gina, George, for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Mm. You are my new kitchen table talk friend. Yes. So good. So good. <laughs> I receive it. <laughs> you are delightful. <laughs> Thank you. All right, BBP. I'm so overwhelmed. My skin is literally vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly vibrating. And if you know me, you know I am never short on words. <laughs> I'm just in awe right now. And I can't wait. My husband is the editor of this podcast, and I cannot wait for him to listen and tell me to stop snapping my fingers in the microphone uh, and all the things. Don't, don't, don't. Don't listen. To him. I'm not. I'm don't totally not. To 28 years, I still don't. So, so oh, it's that's all right. <laughs> Thank you. That is a life accomplishment. That Thank is amazing. You. He is a phenomenal human that was lucky That's enough great. to grab me while I was young. Yes. So that I love part. It, love it, love it. That part. <laughs> I'm so grateful. I have two charges um, following in the footsteps of George McCommon for you all to do, whether you are new or a repeated listener for the last almost six years. First and foremost, I want you to immediately in this moment, guided visualization style. Think of three people immediately that need to receive this episode and share it with them. Click share. That's all you have to do. Share it like you would share relationship goals, drama, or a cat fight. Share it immediately. And second, I want you to enjoy the balance of your day, but do it boldly. 